What's up, everyone? It's the interview queen, Alicia Toot, here, and be sure to watch True Heel Heat. All right. Hello, True Heel Heat. I'm the AEW World Champion, MJF. Uh, just in case you're deaf, dumb, blind, stupid, or since you listen to this podcast, or uh, you're listening to True Heel Heat, and I apologize for that. Hello, hello, hello. It is me, it is me, your True Hill Phenom, SP3. We are live on the True Hill Heat YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter for AEW Full Gear 2023 Preview. Breaking down the show tomorrow night from Los Angeles, California, the LA form. And of course, if we're doing an AEW pay-per-view preview, you know who I call on to be here by my side. You see him over on the Late Night Grin. You see him over on Wrestle Paris. He is our boy, Joe Hobart. My goodness. Always a good intro of you. That's what I, that's what I love about being here. But uh, thrilled to be here. Another pay-per-view preview and... Working with a top, couple, you know, top guys today, man. You know, I'm I'm just here on the apron watching. That's all I'm. That's all I'm here to do. <laughs> we 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 had to call on the top of the top because this is a a card worthy of such. And I think the the last time we did a pay per view preview, we had on Righteous Reg, so we had to tag in his tag team partner, who is like the the who set the groundwork. For anybody on Grab City being on this channel, way before Grab City, he was on this channel coining the phrase gentrified Hanare that we've been using for years on end. You see him over on Grab City, over on Fightful. You see his written work over on Bleacher Report. He is my enemy when it comes to basketball because he's a Laker and LeBron hater, but my good <laughs> friend and everything else. Phil Lindsay, how are you doing? Yeah, man, I wasn't going to mention anything basketball related, but, you know, I have seen it. You know, you guys are trying to wait for the Chicago Bulls demise to try and pick at the carcass and, you know, yes. collect yeah. some pieces over there. And I'm just like, man, how many players you guys need, man? Like, <laughs> you guys just did all these moves over the offseason. You're still trying to get more people. But, hey, yep. man, if Zach Levine does that for you, look, he's going to come over there and hit some shots sometime. He's not going to play any defense, not going to give you any any assists or anything else. But, hey, man, he's from Cali. He might might be, might be work out for you guys. I don't know. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. I'm here for all this. We need another score. That's what it's all about. <laughs> but how you doing, Phil? Uh, I'm good. Uh, I didn't know we were going to get an intro from uh, the new – power couple in wrestling as well and uh <laughs> alicia toot and mjf was not expecting it at all and i was like do you do that on purpose yes <laughs> very yes. professional very yes. sharp stuff around here you know <laughs> not, not 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 done not filmed at the same time but you know if you have it you have it but yes, we are here to discuss AEW Full Gear. And like I said, Joe, you've done pretty much all the previews this year with me. I would say this is probably my favorite card that we're going to talk about for a preview for AEW pay-per-view this year. Uh, as we start off every pay-per-view preview, give me kind of your 0 to 10 buzz level for tomorrow night's show. Well, I think this is going to be an interesting ride because, as you said, I've been here for most of these shows and it's your most anticipated. This may be the other end of the scale for me, fellas. I don't know. Maybe you guys can convince me otherwise. I'm sitting around a six right now. I think the show will be very good. They're always good on pay-per-view. But i got to be honest, this pay-per-view cycle has not been my favorite. And as a result, I'm kind of, you know, I'm excited. It's always a great time to have a pay-per-view, an AEW pay-per-view especially, but I can't pretend I'm, like, raring to go for it, you know? So... 
Uh, I'd say I'm at a six right now, actually. Wow. Okay. Mm. What about you, Phil? Uh, yeah, I think around six or seven is about right. Because, I mean, it does look like a good show, but there's some things on it, uh, booking-wise, I'm kind of like, uh, why'd you why'd you go with that match? Or why'd you pick this instead of that? Um, but it does look like a good card. Yeah, I think I think the reason that I'm so high on it because I think that all these matches will deliver, and we've mm-hmm. seen them deliver. Like a couple of these matches are rematches that we've seen deliver already, and now there's a little bit more build to them. So that's why I think that I'm excited for it. So I'm at an eight. I'll be the high man. I'll be at a at an eight. Maybe when we talk about it more, I'll I'll go even higher than that. But <laughs> we want to hear what you guys got to say watching us. We appreciate y'all for joining us live. Show that appreciation back. The simplest. way way uh, possible drop the thumbs up on this video help the mysterious youtube algorithms share this video with all your wrestling fans friends and family on all your favorite social media platforms if you're new to the true hill heat youtube channel hit that subscribe button hit the bell to stay notified for all the great content here and of course sound off in the live chat and of course if you're feeling generous and you want to give back to what we do here you can send a super chat donation like our good friend here sir isaac newton who is in the chat with us. Thank you so much for joining us. He says, gentlemen, thoughts on my boy Gravity. That's the new sighting. That'd be interesting, right? Like Shivani introducing Gravity and he does the walk out to the stage to get the contract. Be an interesting day, folks. That's what I'm saying. Never know. <laughs> Go off like a fart in church. Uh, <laughs> and and yeah. any, any thoughts on Gravity's run in AEW or ROH, Phil? I think gravity is a lot of fun to watch, but he's definitely not the signing tonight. That would be insane. Well, sir, Isaac, I appreciate the super chat donation, but you gave us a perfect segue to talk even before we get to any other matches. Let's talk about this mysterious signing, this surprise signing as uh, Tony Khan announced on social media ahead of this week's Dynamite that AEW has agreed to terms with one of the best wrestlers in the world, a pro who is known and respected by virtually every AEW fan, and that person was coming to Los Angeles to sign their contract this Saturday at AEW Full Gear. Immediately upon this kind of tweet, immediately the name of Mercedes Monet came, and that became kind of the the popular choice. But, of course, Fightful Select kind of uh, let what was known within the company that the word going around that Mercedes Monet was not the name. So that immediately took her out of the discussion or or should be, should be out of the discussion because Fightful knows what they're talking about. So then we got the name of Will Ospreay, as Andrew Zarian has uh, stated a very, a very reliable source right there as well. He says that Will Ospreay is the name that is coming up to be the AEW mystery signing. Do you think that fulfills kind of the promise of the tweet? And how do you think that will go over? And what do you think about Will Ospreay? Because this has to be some type of like landmark deal if he did this, because Tony Khan basically had to buy out the rest of his NJPW deal to, to get this done. What do you think, Phil? Um. I think it's definitely an exciting signing. Um, I think it's going to be a surprise because a lot of people are expecting him um, to still be a free agent going into next year because his contract was going to be up in February. Um, I did think it was very funny that immediately a lot of people thought it was Mercedes and I saw someone go, well, you know, 
respected by the company and the fans and they were like guys it's a women's wrestler this company doesn't respect women's wrestlers and i was like holy hold on guys calm, calm down and then um um and so you got after that and then immediately we got that fightful select report and i was like oh yeah they want to kill that immediately yeah. don't get anybody's hopes up but it was mercedes it was um, like not again not in los angeles again after january <laughs> Yeah, it, it felt very much like the report that came out about the punk stuff for Survivor Series. They were like, nope, let's, let's nip this in the butt right now. She will not be here. Um, but I think Osprey's a good signing for them. I think he makes a lot of sense. I never thought he was going to go to WWE. Um, he just doesn't make sense there. And he's been like notoriously anti-WWE for most of his career. Um, so I just couldn't see him signing there. But um, yeah, this could be potentially huge for him. And also goes right with them trying to sell tickets to um all in as well um so yeah i think it's I think it's a huge deal what do you think uh joe and what do you think of the possibility of what uh dave Meltzer talked about on wrestling observer radio this uh week saying that the kind of the trump card that tony khan had for to get will osprey to aew is kind of the allure of headlining Wembley stadium and possibly winning the aew world championship next year yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think, you know, we all assume it will be Osprey, and I think it's a huge deal, and I think you immediately get rolling with what is his road to Wembley, right? I think that's the logical thing to do. I think Wembley should end next year with Will Ospreay as the world's champs. You have you have a run-up to kind of build in that direction. Um, so I think that made sense. It's definitely a huge get. I think the most interesting part of it, as you both kind of alluded to, is, is the timing, right? And when we assume, when we knew his deal to be up, I think there's room for this to be a pretty unique deal. Um, when we were first talking about Osprey as a free agent, I remember kind of throwing out there that I think he may get like a pretty expansive dual contract of some kind. Uh, he loves wrestling in Japan. They're obviously promotional partners anyway. You know, the idea of him having a deal where he wrestles 10 matches a year for New Japan would still be a huge deal for New Japan for wrestling. Like, yeah. So I think the timing makes me think we're going to get something in that direction. So that's something I think to circle. But... Even beyond that, just in the AEW side of things, I mean, you're getting Will Ospreay, who's maybe the most prolific wrestler in the world right now, right? Like, that dude churns out quality at an insane rate. So it's a huge get, and the timing makes it more interesting than if it was, you know, March. That would be more kind of what we all assumed anyway. So it's a cool wrinkle to it, I think. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be very interesting how this announcement goes down, uh, how they present it, and what went into kind of this deal with uh, mm -hmm. either buying out their contract or making it like this kind of dual contract where he works with NJPW and AEW. And you can understand it from New Japan's perspective if he's like saying, okay, I'm still going to be working for you these dates next year, then sure. let me sign with them early. That kind of makes sense on, on their part to kind of let the deal go down because he's still going to be with the company right and and also like AEW schedules are different too right like yeah. if you sign with wwe you're expected to work like three dates a week AEW, some of the top guys wrestle once a month once a month there right so like there's a lot yeah. of wiggle room and it's it's kind of a fluid situation i mean pack is obviously hurt right now but look at pack historically he's been able to fly back and forth and like chill at home for a bit and so there's a lot of room for kind of experimenting with these deals i think I agree 100%. We got uh, Bala B, one of our members in the chat. He says, best built AEW pay-per-view for this year. So, I, I mean, I, I say I still I still lean towards Wrestle Dream, but I think it is it is up there as far as, like, 
no, this is not a lot of the stuff they had planned, but they were able to put a lot of stuff together. Like I think that the Golden mm-hmm. Jets and and Young Bucks had a very good three week build to their matchup. I think that Orange Cassidy and uh, and uh, John Moxley, or as I like to call it, AEW's low key season two where uh, they're trying to fix the TVA of the AEW International Championship. I think they put that together, and they have a solid story going into the pay-per-view as well. And I think, I mean, MJF and Jay White, it seems like it's very polarizing for the main event build. But other than that, I think that everything else has been built very well. Yeah, it's interesting. Phil, where do you stand on the build? I'm intrigued. I'm intrigued. Um, I think some of this stuff fell in their lap, to be honest with you. I think, like, the Golden Jets and Bucks stuff in general, like, has been kind of very rushed last minute. But you can tell they had to pivot from whatever the tag title match was supposed to be. Um, And so (laughs) you're now, you know, in this direction with that. And it's kind of the same thing with other things on the card. Like, the tag titles match that we're getting is very much not talked mm-hmm. about at all <laughs> like there's no real build to it it's just like hey we need the tag titles on this show so here here's a four-way um it, i mean yeah it, you can argue there's some collision stuff like the uh house of black stuff from collision is minimal build but like yeah. i said a lot of this stuff kind of fell in our lap i i was very much into the jay white and mjf stuff for the first two weeks and boy it just got it got less and less interesting the more we went on because the more and more we went on the more i started to realize yeah jay is losing this match and they are off to the next thing after this they've done everything but told you that (laughs) for the last four weeks yeah (laughs) yeah hey i just hope jay is in is either still in the title picture because i think they are gonna do like a multi-man matchup uh for the world title at world's end or he's in the continental classic but yeah that that that, that's one thing that i i do think is kind of like i said is polarizing so i understand why it's polarizing because yeah they've hit it over your head that mjf is retaining yeah which isn't ideal because this is actually a big match right like jay white challenging the belt should be very feasible he's going to win and they've not managed that with what has been like a seven-week build. It's not been a short yeah. build, right? They've had yeah. some time. So, yeah, I think they kind of got lost in the – I mean, as we go match by match, I'll paint the picture better. But I think my take on the build is they have built to most of the matches. That doesn't necessarily mean I've liked those builds, you know? Like, I see the build. <laughs> I go, that's a build. But that doesn't mean I have to like the build. <laughs> Two different things. <laughs> so that's where I'm at with a lot of this, personally. But we'll see semantics uh we got a super chat donation thank you so much brain buster who says osprey versus danielson in the continental classic finals with the prayer emojis i i think i've said it before i said it yesterday on a ramble i'll say it here i think danielson versus omega needs to be the finals of the continental classic well what do y'all think that's a great idea, but we've got some Golden Jets business to handle, my brother. So. I, I know. <laughs> Kenny Omega I mean, is great, like, is like but... he's being forced to be in trios and tag teams, but he just can be great on his own. This man, anytime he's in a singles matchup, I think he's averaging like five stars, but he has rarely singles well, matches. Is what he is, man. You know, I'm sure that that tag with Big Bill and Ricky will be will be just as good. So. <laughs> Yeah, I I really want to see it. Um, I really would like to see him get this run in the first AWG1, uh, the C1 or whatever we're calling it. Um, 
Yeah, I, I don't have much faith that that's going to happen, but I, I really want it because the second I saw, like, the Bucks are back to doing the tag team stuff, I'm like, yeah, get Kenny back to doing the solo stuff. Yep. Like, that's the way to go. Yeah, but we're no Golden Jets. Golden Jets. Yay. Then we got Chase saying, uh, Streets need Golden Jets versus House of Black. Do, do <laughs> the streets need that? <laughs> they might be getting it whether they want it or not. <laughs> <laughs> Whether listen, they want it or not. <laughs> listen, man, the Golden Jets right now is I feel like everybody was like, Man, Kota Bushi's here. We really want this Golden Lovers um uh, reunion and like all of the stuff that comes with that. No, you're gonna get Golden Jets and you're gonna like it. That's basically what we've been told. <laughs> Jericho needs something to do. Kenny, you you take care of him. You babysit him this time. All right, let's talk about this card, though. We'll start with the only zero-hour matchup that we have announced so far, and it's one they've been building for a while. It is MJF and a mystery partner teaming up to defend the Ring of Honor World Tag Team Championships against Austin and Colton, the guns of Bullet Club Gold. Do you do you guys think that the tag team partner is going to be Samoa Joe? That has kind of been what the build has been leading to. And who do you think is going to win? Joe, what do you think? I do indeed think it's, it's Samoa Joe. And I assume him and Max will win. Um, I'm pretty certain of that. You know, I think World's End, whether it's a singles match or a multi-man, right? Joe's going to be involved in that. So this is really just a plot device, you know, in that direction. Joe is not going to be like, you know... <laughs> taking the heat segment for MJF's comeback. I think uh, I don't know if I'm spoiling anything by saying that. So I think it'll be pretty short. You know, Matt, they'll be up Max. Little Joe will make his, his hot tag, do the nope spot and, and get out of there. Everyone will get home safe and sound. So I think they keep the belts. Phil, what do you think? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that we changed this from the handicap match because they yeah. were still saying it was going to be the handicap match at one point. And I was like, I just have no interest in Max beating another tag team by itself, especially the guns, because the guns have so much um, goodwill right now. Um, and I mean, I already get this feeling that Max is just going to go through every member of this um, stable and beat them at this point, because he pretty much has done that. He's beaten Juice already, and he's going to beat the guns here. Um, but um, yeah, I think it's going to be some Ojo. I did have this wacky thought the other night. I was like, what if... um. What if his tag partner's just the de- the guy in the devil mask? He just shows up and he stands on the apron, and then he never actually tags in a match. Oh, okay. That oh, would that would be interesting. I I was thinking of something similar to that in that Joe get uh, Joe said you know he's gonna ha- give Maxwell his help if he gets an AEW World Championship match. Max can agree to you know. Given the AEW World Championship match, Joe can play along, but then when the time comes right. He jumps off the apron, and the guns give the 310 to Yuma and win the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. But because this is on the same show as MJF defending the AEW World Championship, I don't see that happening. I think that's more interesting than what we are going to get. But yes, I think that MJF and Samoa Joe are going to retain the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. And why did Samoa Joe just relinquished the ring of honor world television championship and then he and then he acted like it never existed this week on dynamite i don't know. look man that dude's gonna fly around the country with that shit in his bag that's long man Do you know how long it is to carry the ring of honor world television title from city to city for 18 months you're not even on tv it's yeah. crazy king yeah. of television king of television right there 
Yeah, um, he, he did his part with that belt. I think he's looking around like, all right, what's next for me, man? Okay, you need me to just slide into this match so I can get a world title match? I'll do it. Just give me the match, man. It was very funny. I will say <laughs> the way that he like laid it down <laughs> and the the camera took that shot. It was yeah, it was funnier than they intended. I think <laughs> I I very much enjoyed it. I immediately thought of um Naito throwing the IC title in the in the air and then walking away. Mm -hmm. That's what I immediately yeah. thought. I, and I I almost feel like he should have just did that. It would have made it even funnier. <laughs> it would have. The one thing I will say for that is you know we all commented earlier, right? Like we don't believe Jay's gonna win. Doing that with Joe is about as close as you can get to convincing me that like Joe actually might win the big one. I'm not saying he will, but doing that was enough to make me kind of go, that's interesting, right? So yeah. I think it was pretty effective in that way too, in fairness. Yeah, I will say that Joe feels like a bigger threat to uh, Max's reign now. And and, right. it, and it's because Samoa Joe is known for winning championships when nobody else expects it. Finn Balor, <laughs> every reign that he had with the NXT championship, pretty much <laughs> no one ever expected he was going to beat Balor on a house show. No one expected he was going to beat Nakamura after he just lost to him. And I mean, when he beat Karrion Cross, it was like, okay, you beat Karrion Cross. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Came, came back and beat Darby after Darby had the big win in Seattle. Yep. Nobody expected him yeah. to get that win either. Yeah. Yeah. He's known for doing it. So he's the only one that I could see as a threat right, right now at this moment. But I wanted to ask Shaw before we get into the main card, do you see them adding any zero hour matches on tonight? You know, you got Collision and Rampage. I'm thinking Hook and Wheeler Yuta for the FTW yep. championship after Dynamite. Yeah. I know I don't know if that'll be zero hour or not, but I think it'll be on the show. Um other than that, I don't know. I'm not sure if there's anything else that's that's kind of lingering on the TV. I think that's the only one to me. Yeah, I, I can see uh, maybe two more matches getting thrown in there. Um, I can see them throwing us a bone and throwing like some women's match on the zero hour. I wouldn't mind that. Give me Athena and Billy Starks versus somebody. That's what I need. <laughs> yeah, Let's do it. Somebody, yeah. Somebody. Somebody uh, responded to that tweet um, uh, of uh, Billy Stark uh, dumping Ronda on her head last night uh, by saying, man, this is it. Ronda versus Athena on the zero hour. And I was like, dream big, buddy. It's okay, man. Dream big. Dream <laughs> that is dream, not happening. <laughs> dream the impossible dream. <laughs> not happening. <laughs> Let's go to the main card and we'll start off with a trios matchup, which it felt like after Wrestle Dream, this was one of the hottest rivalries, and they really like cooled it down after I think they took a misstep in the build-up to this matchup. But you have TNT champion Christian Cage teaming up with Luchasaurus and Nick Wayne as they are now called the Patriarchy versus Adam Copeland, Darby Allen, and Sting. Of course, this all stems from Adam Copeland making his debut at Wrestle Dream and kind of being provoked into joining Darby Allen and Sting against this Christian coalition. But I feel like the mistake happened a couple of weeks ago on Dynamite when he accepted this matchup. He didn't need to spear Christian. That was the whole yeah. thing. Like, the whole thing was you didn't want to fight your friend, and then all it took was him insulting you a few more times, and you just speared him out of nowhere in the same segment you were just talking about not fighting him. I was like, uh, and then they haven't been featured on Dynamite since. So it's kind of like if you don't watch Collision, they're kind of out of sight, out of mind. They've really, like, cooled this feud down tremendously. Phil, who do you think wins? What have you thought about the buildup? Uh, I mean, I think Sting and Darby and Copeland are going to win. Um, seems pretty obvious that they're going to win. Um, 
the <laughs> the direction with Adam Copeland since that first week has been very interesting because he was on all of the shows that week and then it didn't quite do the numbers that I think they expected. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Ring, ring, ring it in, ring it in. We got it. And so we've seen less and less of him. And I won't say that that's made him feel less special, but I definitely at one point I was like, oh, yeah, he is still here. He did sign. Like, it, uh, so, yeah, I, I definitely agree with you that they this, this was a really hot feud at first when they had the initial stare down at the end of Dynamite and that led to Christian telling him to go fuck himself. All of that stuff was great. And um, it's now gone to like a very forgettable build in some ways. Yeah. I'm unfortunate in that because they like Christian talk. Even if it's like a short yeah. video package segment, yeah. it's going to be memorable enough. Just let Christian talk. Yeah. I agree with both of you guys. It's the, the pacing of it. It's like, it's, it's efficient enough. It's not like the TV they've done is bad. It's just, it didn't escalate at the right pace. It's like they, they got to where they needed to get two weeks early. And then we're just kind of like, well, we're going to just delay now. Right. And it's felt that way. Um, I've enjoyed Copeland's, actual performance as a promo and as a wrestler thus far he just i think feels so i mean it's been like a whiplash right it's gone from the radar era where he's closing shows with promos to oh yeah cope's over there so um it's been interesting to follow it's not necessarily his fault but it has been kind of intriguing but the finish i mean you know someone's beating nick wayne i assume sting it's usually sting so i mean i think this will be really good in all seriousness christian cage is like a wrestling genius. If you look at his big time matches, how seldom they miss because of just the way he puts things together. And he's got Sting to work with and Copeland and Darby. Like, I think they're going to be okay. I think this will be a hell of a match, but I agree with you guys on the build. Yeah. It just it felt like it could have been a lot more heading into the show, but I yeah. agree with uh, Joe that I think it is going to deliver when it comes to when the bell rings. Another match that I think is going to deliver in the ring, but I feel like has had a stronger build than a lot of the other matches here, surprisingly, is the TBS Championship matchup three-way as Chris Statlander will defend against Julia Hart and Sky Blue. Julia Hart earned this opportunity by defeating Willow Nightingale on last Saturday's AEW Collision, while Sky Blue won a surprisingly really good matchup against Red Velvet on Dynamite this week. But this has all been stemming from pretty much the build-up to Wrestle Dream, where Julia Hart was spewing mist into Sky Blue and Willow Nightingale's eyes, which has shown a more aggressive side to Willow Nightingale and a totally different sky sky blue that we've seen over the last two a uh, couple of weeks with the Scooby-Doo attire and the and the makeup <laughs> but I think there's been a very interesting intriguing build and I, I'll give my prediction first I said it at, at before Russell Dream I'm going for it again Joe put the belt on Julia Hart the draw the draw Julia Hart put the belt on her Joe, what do you think? I think I'm co-signing. I think I'm on board. I'm I'm, I'm on the bandwagon. Um, we'll get into the second part of this later. I do think there's a chance they kind of go over a House of Black, uh, you know, push on the title front in this show. I'm not convinced the other one. I'm pretty confident here because I feel like you wouldn't go back to her being in the title picture straight away if she wasn't winning it, you know? The Sky Blue stuff is like... Her actual wrestling is, I think, has improved quite, you know, steadily and she's doing a good job. I mean, there's, you know, there's some work to be done in terms of the way we're telling this story. I feel like I'm not convinced by Blue Mist and 
I don't know. I'm just saying Scooby-Doo is an interesting layer to it. But but nonetheless, um, hopefully the match goes well. I think Julia and Sky are two of the most improved wrestlers in the whole roster. And Chris is, Chris is one of the most consistent wrestlers they have, honestly. She's been awesome as champ. So I'm pretty confident in the match. And I think Julia is going to win the big one. Well, not the not quite the big one, but the other big one. <laughs> She's going to become the TBS champ. The big one for now. Yeah. <laughs> Phil, who you got? Um, man, funny enough, quietly over the last few weeks, the TBS title picture has become red hot. Like when you look at the matches and you look at some of the women that are now attached to it, like just in a week, I'm like, man, eventually you've got to get that belt on Red Velvet, man. She yeah. she looks tremendous. Like she's also <laughs> got the ties to Jade and you know, she's got the history with challenging for that belt. It makes all the sense in the world for her to win that belt at some point. Um but going into this, um, I think I disagree with you guys. I kind of feel like Sky Blue's winning this match. Because um, I feel like the in, the story going into this match has been all about Sky Blue. It's all been about, is she going to turn or is she not going to turn? Um, and even if you look at like all of this stuff with her and Julia, I would not be surprised if she steals a win here. Yeah, I think that's kind of the good thing about this match is that I feel like any three of these women can win. I agree. Um, I agree. But... I per- I personally would prefer for Julia to win. I think that she has the most momentum right now. I think that she's in the spot right now where um, Jamie Hayter was uh, a few months ago, where she just feels kind of undeniable. She's getting great reactions, so I feel like you should pull the trigger. Um, but I kind of I don't know why. I just kind of feeling this guy blue is going to win this match. Yeah. I'm a it, big Scooby Doo fan, maybe. You know what I mean? It's, <laughs> it's not the fact that you're both from Chicago, right? No, I just oh, I just okay. think that the way that the story has been built, it feels like um, it, I don't think she's going to turn heel because I think if she was going to, they would have made that straightforward. And so I feel like if she doesn't turn heel, the story had to be that she overcame Julia. And so if she overcomes Julia, it would make no sense for her to lose, right? Yeah. That's true. I think what your mistake may be that you're looking for it to make sense. For <laughs> <respect>. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. My fault. <laughs> Like he's like, my bad, my bad. I didn't know we were going for here. Um, I disagree with Romeo here. He says, "Poor Statlander, whole hum title reign. The the crowd is gonna turn against her and root for Julia again, big time." The second half is is probably correct because Julia Hart did uh, get that crowd to root for in Seattle, but the first part is not correct. She has not had a whole hum title reign. She's had a really strong TBS title reign. She main evented uh, first TBS championship matchup in women's matchup the main event collision against Britt baker she had that main event matchup on rampage with jay cargill her final matchup with the company good matchup with ruby soho at all out another good matchup with with julia hart at wrestle dream and then this matchup is probably going to cap it all off in a in a great way in my opinion i think that it is the time to just cap it off and it's been a really good to great reign yeah, yeah. I, just, I just realized we're all three of us at all out for that match yeah yeah, we were. Yep, yep. Indeed, indeed. That feels like a lifetime ago. That show. <laughs> you Usually said that, that would like, be oh, the yeah, last thing you do. Like, yeah. Phil said that, and I was like looking back in my internal history, but like it was the 90s. I was like, yeah, that was a hell of a time, Phil. We were there. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. was two months ago. <laughs> yeah. I, I saw Joe until before we walked in into the darkness of that stadium, and then Tony Khan gave that speech, and then everything else was kind of a blur. <laughs> <laughs> Time stood still, Phil. Time stood still. That's all I know. 
Well, let's go to the uh, aforementioned AEW World Tag Team Championship matchup. Four-way is going to be, as I like to call them, Big Rick, Ricky Starks, and Big Bill versus FTR, House of Black, and LFI. Uh, Ricky Starks and Big Bill, of course, had the surprise win last month against FTR to win the tag team titles. House of Black made their return and have targeted uh, Blackpool Combat Club as well as FTR. And then LFI made their return and has kind of joined the side of FTR as the babyfaces, but not really, in fighting against House of Black and Ricky Starks and Big Bill. And that's where we come to our four-way matchup here. As simple as I explained that, that's as simple as they presented it, ladies and gentlemen. That's pretty much it. That's it. They've been attacking each other. It's all these groups. Throw them in a four-way. Who do you think is going to win? What have you kind of thought about this kind of copy and paste uh, kind of uh, build to this matchup here, Phil? Um, this very much feels like the collision match on the card. Like, they just plopped all of this stuff happening on collision into one match and put it on this card. Um and I just don't know how I feel about that. I mean, um, in some ways, Collision has struggled to find its identity in the last two months. And some things are good. Some things are, are also very strange, like the, the build to this match. Um, I don't know, man. I I, I want to say FDR is going to win here and get the titles back. But I feel like if it was that simple, they could have done that before this pay-per-view. Um the fact that they are doing this big match kind of tells me that this is a way to give um, Bill and Ricky a title defense. Um, so I think they're going to win. Um, that's my guess. Because um, I think if it was that simple, we kept hearing that they wanted to do Bucks FDR 4. And so I feel like if it was just as simple as putting the belts back on FDR, they would just did that before this, and we would just got the Bucks match here. Um, but I feel like they don't want to make FD, they don't want to make Ricky and Bill look like bad champions. They don't want to do like this hot potato thing with the belt. So I'm predicting they're going to retain. And I do have to ask before we go to to Joe, what have you thought about all this reports about what has gone down? Because it just sounds to me, I'm just going by perception. I'm just going by perception. Just my opinion of reading into this whole thing, it feels like FTR kind of messed up their their tag team of the year bid. Like it feels like they didn't want to do this whole Bucks matchup, and now they've kind of just been mirandering around ever since the last Bucks Bucks matchup, and then they lost the titles. Now they're in this four way that no one's really interested in, while the Bucks are in something much inter- more interesting that got built in half the time. Um. It's a very strange story because I'm not even sure I'm not even sure any of what happened here with that because Cash was clearly hurt. The way the way they lost that match, the way he was taken out early, it was very clear that he was injured. And so then we got that Dave report where it was like, Well, Cash is not really hurt and I'm like, But he clearly is. Like I, I don't I don't know why why you would report that. I don't know where he got that from. Of course, you know, he got it from a source over there, so he reported it, but it's very strange. I, like, like even like the talk around it. Like, all right, well, you know, this was initially the plan, um, and it made the most sense in the world because it was the Bucks. It's L.A. You probably wanted to give them a big win. I have to assume the Bucks were going to win here, and that was going to end FDR's reign. Um, and there's so much to take from that. What could that mean? Could that mean FDR did the oh, that's not going to work for me, brother? I don't want to lose to those guys in L.A. Um, but 
then again, like I said, Cash is hurt. So if he was really hurt, why'd they do that? Like, <laughs> wrestling is weird, man. Like, I just, I don't know, man. I don't know what to make of any of it. It's just, it just sounds like a mess. Yeah. Yeah. If, if Cash was injured and you didn't want to do another Bucks matchup, but that was the plan that Tony wanted to do, why didn't you just do like Golden Jets versus FTR versus Bucks? You're, if you're going to put FTR in a multi-man matchup, that probably would have been the match to do for the tag team titles. My my thing when it first happened was if Cash was hurt and they needed to just drop the belts, why didn't they just drop the belts to the Bucks? Because <laughs> if you remember, that title match where they lost to Ricky and Big Bill was the collision before Title Tuesday. Why didn't yeah. they just do the match at Title Tuesday with the Bucks and drop the belts to the Bucks? Um, I didn't understand that. And I didn't even understand why Ricky and Big Bill needed a title shot. I understood that it was because Ricky pinned him in that multi-man match, but nobody was asking for this. I don't know. I, I, I really don't get it. Like, we were all wondering for Ricky. I was predicting Ricky Starks was going to be the guy who beat Moxley for the international championship, which we'll get into in a little bit here. But now he's, like, in this tag team division where he doesn't really need to be with Big Bill. And it's just, like, great. It's great Big Bill finally got to win the tag team title after chasing them for nearly a decade. And it's great that Ricky actually won an AEW championship. But I wanted him to win a different AEW championship, not this one. It does feel like this is a tag run that we got um, way too late. Like, yeah, we wanted to see Bill win with several other guys going all the way back to his WWE run. <laughs> and I wanted to see Ricky in Powerhouse. That's what I'm saying. We wanted Ricky to win with Hobbs. And it's just like, well, here, you guys wanted this, right? And it's like, no, <laughs> I didn't want this. I didn't order this, sir. Joe, what do you think about this build? What do you think? Who do you think is going to win this four-way? Well, it sounds to me like you guys are describing a lot of good bits. And I respect good bits. And I think professional wrestlers doing things that are somewhat underhanded is very funny. So shout out to the FTR. Um, <laughs> I, uh, look, man, that's some real shit. I'm sorry. That's the kind of thing that I'm going to be buying books about in 20 years. I mean, that's incredible. But nonetheless... <laughs> This is quite unfortunate, this situation we have here, because if it was just FTR versus any of the other teams in this match in an actual professional wrestling tag match, I would be quite excited. But unfortunately, it's all three of those teams against FTR. And like, I, these matches are fun, but you can only do them in one way. You know, you can only do like the party match because you can't, you know, you can't really build a great deal of structure under fatal four-way tag. So I think it will be good and fun. I just, it's it's kind of limits my, my excitement for it personally. Um, as for the result, I think Bill and Ricky win and FTR get them back in like a TV main on collision um, that goes like 25 minutes longer than it needs to. God bless. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's my prediction. I will say, I do think it's worth monitoring. A I think the house of black may win this match. And I, I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't go as far as predicted, but I think with the Julia thing we were talking about earlier, yeah. I think it's, it's somewhat in play. So something to look at, but I think Bill and Ricky are keeping the belts for this weekend anyway. 
Yeah, I think that like FTR and House of Black, they do have a chance of winning this one. LFI yeah. just doesn't feel like they are ready for that. And no. yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that Ricky and Bill will retain here just to give them, you know, a title defense on pay-per-view. But yeah, they, they're this title reign is not long for this world. And I don't no. think they get out of 2023 with the tag team titles. No. But... What I do think is that this tag team match is going to be better than this one. Uh, this It's going to be the Golden Jets, Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho going up against the Young Bucks in Los Angeles with extra stakes on the line. Is because if Omega and Jericho win, they get the Bucks guaranteed tag team title shot at any time that they earned at WrestleDream. Yeah, remember that one? Yeah, they... We shouldn't have a four-way. They should just be getting their shot here. If the Bucks win, though, the Golden Chets have to disband, and Kenny Omega has to go play with his elite friends again. <laughs> what have you thought about the build-up to this matchup? Who do you think wins? I mean, me, myself, anytime I've seen Kenny Omega opposite the Young Bucks in a tag team match, it's been two of the greatest tag team matches I've ever seen in my life. Revolution 2020, Strong Style Evolved back in 2018. Jericho, you got a lot to live up to here. Phil, who do you think is going to win? What have you thought about the build? Um, the entire build to this. Um, I've watched people um, throw that uh, the Pinkman Jeff out every time Jared gets to get something there. Like they, he can't keep getting away with this. I am the exact opposite. Every time I see Jericho do this, I'm just like, this guy cannot keep getting away with this, man. Like, <laughs> this guy has got the Osprey match, and now he's getting this tag match with <laughs> the Bucks and Kenny Omega in the same year. Stop it, man. <laughs> stop, stop this. <laughs> Can't keep getting away with this, Jericho. You cannot keep getting away with this. I don't know how he keeps doing it. When... We got that cool match with Omega and MJF on Collision. And then the very next Dynamite, I was like, man, we're probably going to get some more Omega stuff with Max. Nope, 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 nope. Jericho's going to show up at the door and say, nope, he's tagging with me. Stay away. He don't want none of that. He don't want none of your Girl Scout cookies. Get out of here. <laughs> uh, Just slam the door in Max's face. Yeah. So, I mean, that side of it, I've just been like, no, I don't why are we doing this but at the same time i do enjoy what the bucks are doing the bucks are very uh very cheekily um throwing in references now every week to punk stuff which is uh a bold choice um i i think that it is the right move because i don't think that fans i don't think that fans are gonna let up on it I think the fans that have grown to dislike them over the past year because of this stuff are not going to let up. And so I think the right move for them was to turn heel. And they're just better as heels, man. They always have been. Yeah. Um, and so I'm fine with it. I think that the stuff that they've done so far is very funny. I think um, Matt slamming the chair against the posts when they lost a six-man tag match was very funny. I think the stuff this week was very on the nose. Um, but it was still funny to me. Um I mean, all the way to them starting it with um, source from source from the Young Bucks camp, and Matt Jackson says this, and I was just like, "I see what you guys are doing." <laughs> um, I, I think all of that stuff has been good, and I think that stuff has been so entertaining that it has disguised um, how ho hum the rest of this build has been. Yeah, 
I mean, I, I, I just enjoy the Bucks as as heels. And I yeah. and I like the story of them, like what they referenced in the promo this week when they said they've always been, you know, at their best this way. And they asked Kenny, when have you always been at your best? Because this is now, we're, I, I that's when I saw the kind of juxtaposition from the build from 2021 where Kenny went to the dark side and he and he made the Bucks come over. Now the Bucks are embracing the dark side and they're trying to bring Kenny back to it. So I like that part of the story here. Joe, who do you think wins? What have you thought about the build so far? There's a lot going on here. There's a lot of moving pieces. Um, Chris Jericho, I mentioned a moment ago that I'm a fan of good bits. Chris Jericho here with an all-time great bit as he plugs himself into the third piece of like this epic saga. And as you mentioned, two of the most beloved tag matches ever. And Chris is here for the third one. <laughs> Doesn't get any better. Um, okay, so moving pieces. I think the Bucks may long-term benefit from whatever happened with the tag belts because, as we've all agreed, they are just much better as heels, especially as TV characters. They're way better as heels. And if they were going to win the belts as babyfaces in LA, like while that would have been a great moment, beyond that, them as babyface champs doesn't appeal to me. So no. I'm in on them as heels. I think they've been good thus far. My issue is I can't, I can't keep doing this dance, man. I can't. I don't care anymore who they're friends with. I don't, I've had enough. I don't care. They can be friends with Kenny, <laughs> Hangman, Jericho. He's not friends with. I don't. I've had enough. I've. They're, they're always. They're, they're friends. They're not friends. If I wanted that kind of drama, I'd ask someone at the local office about. I mean, it's just there's a lot going on, and at some point, it's got to be about something else. And I've had enough of it. And it's good. I concede it's good. I, I throw my. I say it's good. I get it. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying it's enough. You know, and it's uh, they're talking to him about this, that, and, that. and, it, and the worst part is they're right. Why is he friends with Jericho? I don't fucking know. <laughs> <I'm> like... <laughs> exactly, they're right. That's what makes it even worse. So then I'm left in a position as a fan where I'm, I'm stuck there, like, well, they're right, but they're, they're dicks. I like Kenny Omega, but he's hanging around with a dick, and so you, you end up in a conundrum as a professional wrestling fan. So I think the match will be great, I think the Golden Jets will win. And, you know, that will kind of turn the bucks. They'll go full, fully-fledged assholes, which would be great. I support all the direction. I just uh, personally, just being subjective, I, it's just like, God, man, can we do something else, please? Friends, not friends. I feel like I've done this like eight times already, you know? Uh, yeah, I, I very much agree <laughs> that Golden Jets are going to win this match. And the funniest thing about this is I feel like that's going to – you're right. This is going to further um, progress yeah. them as heels. And it's going to further launch Kenny Omega in the, the, the other direction as a baby face because it would be foolish to turn him at this point. He's one of the hottest Great. faces in the company. But again, the funny thing about this is the guy that the Bucks are right about yes. and, and Jericho is also the big baby face in this. Yes. He does not come off as a baby face in any of this. <laughs> because, guys, don't us, don't us forget, he turned baby face. Because he was going to join Don Callis, but Don Callis did not think he would join Don Callis. See, this is what I'm saying. I don't want to be that's friends with any of these people. That's why he's a baby face. We're on shaky ground from the beginning. It's like Trish Stratus. When Trish Stratus turned heel WWE, I said the same thing. I was like, we're in shaky ground to begin with, with this whole turn. And yes. Jericho, it's they've just... done nothing to improve that. It's crazy. Essentially, he is a baby face because the other guy turned on him first. <laughs> after it was agreed by the JAS that he was an arsehole to them and they're now two of some of them are heels 
But Garcia is, I think, a babyface, even though he still has heels at ringside. But he he dances, which is now a babyface move, even though originally we didn't want him to dance because we wanted him to be a professional wrestler. And now he's a sports entertainer, which we cheer. And, and his dancing always seems to be the reason why he loses. Yes. <laughs> yes. I don't know what's happening anymore. I don't I know. This is my I, problem. I'm confused. Phil. I, told, I told you, Joe. Can't keep getting away with this. this can't he can't keep, keep getting away, away with, with this. this. And that is why I will be different from everybody else here. And I'm going to say the Young Bucks are going to turn heel officially on Kenny Omega. And okay. they win this matchup. And the Golden Jets are disbanded. But then Kenny Omega is left on his own because he doesn't even have the elite anymore. Good, and that's what I want. I'm, giving, I'm, I'm booking what I want. I want good Kenny luck to Omega you, my friend. On his own. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I'll be, I, I'll be praying for you this weekend, bro. Right, listen, I I want to believe you, like you that this will be the end of his stuff with Jericho, but that has never happened with anything Jericho linked to <laughs> in the He he listen, Kenny is in that vortex, man. He's gonna have to fight his way out, man. It's not gonna end just this soon, man. All I just wanted was the Takeshita and Omega feud. Speaking That's all of I such, wanted. was Wednesday the blow off of the Takeshita stuff? I, I was think that so. It? I think so, ladies oh and gentlemen. My God. I think so. Because oh. I thought that. That's, that's why I'm hoping Takeshita is in the Continental Classic, and I want. And my prediction is he gets a win over Brian Danielson in the Continental yeah. Classic. He oh. needs that. He needs something. He needs something. He needs to have I, a good run in that tournament. I I didn't even think of that. As the blow off, and that like immediately makes me sad. This guy got two wins over Kenny Omega, and that's how they blew it off. With no, jeez, yes. Brian Cage getting pinned. <laughs> oh. Not even anyone from the Don. No. <laughs> oh god. Oh good god. Uh, Christopher Kidd saying it's an elite tag match with um, my second, my number two goat in Jericho. Take my money, TK. I will never complain that Jericho is on my TV. You seem to be alone in that. Seem to be a I, I, listen, I don't mind Jericho being on my TV. I just, I just think he should take a break for a little while, man. I yeah. really do. Well, I, honestly, you. genuinely, I think this match is going to be awesome. I'm, yeah, I'm being performative and silly. I do think the build, like the story, is kind of like, oh, but I think the match will be great. And Jericho, yeah. for all of his faults, of which there are many and many. On big matches, he generally brings it right. Like, I don't think he's yeah. going to be out there stinking up. So I think this will be very good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That I Will agree. Ospreay match was one of his best singles matches yeah. in a while. So yeah, but I mean, this is this is Will Ospreay. Will Ospreay don't yeah. have bad matches, man. He like, had a good one with me. <laughs> exactly. Once, you'll call so you know, And yeah. Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks don't have bad tag team matches against each other. So we no. shall see what happens on tomorrow night. And we're gonna see a big time rematch. As I said, AEW presents Low Key Season Two. We have to fix the TVA. There's something been wrong with the international championship, and they're going to fix it with Orange Cassidy defending against John Moxley in a rematch from the main event of All Out in Chicago. I was there live, so was Joe, so was Phil. We saw a great main event matchup where it seemed like John Moxley was going to be the international champion. Orange Cassidy was going to ride off into the sunset, ride off into the main event scene as this over babyface, one of the most over guys on that show. And neither, neither of those things have kind of panned out. John Moxley as international champion didn't work out. 
Uh, I would say they fumbled. They were fumbling the ball with Orange Cassidy after All Out with him having random backstage segments with with Hook for like a month. Uh, and then or, then we get John Moxley getting injured in the matchup with Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix wins the title. Then he's supposed to get the rematch on title Tuesday, but he's not cleared. Orange Cassidy replaces him. He beats Ray Phoenix because Ray Phoenix was injured and had visa issues. So now we are here, and I like the story that they've kind of built out that uh, John Moxley kind of feels like uh, kind of spited by Orange Cassidy, that he respected him after their match at All Out. He didn't leave him for dead, and he came in and kind of took the scraps of Ray Phoenix and took his international championship. While Orange Cassidy, ever since he's won the title, he's kind of looked at it not in the same way that he looked at it previously because he doesn't feel fulfilled because he didn't beat Moxley. Joe, what have you thought about the build? Who do you think wins? Well, it's, it's kind of a tough one because the build has been disjointed, right, and uneven, but that's not really a fair criticism because, I mean, good Lord, it would be with how things have gone. It's been an, it's been a real kind of roller coaster. Um, I'm generally a little hesitant to go back to this match so soon because I thought they nailed it in Chicago, and it's one of those ones that I think because it's a certain shape, of like a style of matchup, I think... When you nail it to that degree, I wouldn't be rushing back to it personally. But clearly they want to tell a certain story. And as you mentioned, the belt has kind of forced their hand in some ways um, with the way things have gone. So I'm I'm torn on it and it's been a little uneven. We already know the match is going to be great. We saw it a couple months back and it was terrific. The result is fascinating because I think there is a world in which Orange was always going to win it back at full gear. And this is simply now he's not going to winning it back. He's going to be defending it and getting that kind of Moxley win that he that eluded him. That, I don't think that's what's going to happen, but I do think it's in play. I'll take Moxley kind of reluctantly. I think this is a weird one to predict because it so obviously has been messed with by circumstance, right? Like it's it feels off, so it's hard to see. So I'll take Moxley somewhat reluctantly. I, I think it will be a tremendous match, but um, I do kind of wish they just let it breathe a little bit, a little more time in between, but their hand has been forced. Yeah, it's yeah. really it's really been force uh, against yeah. them. Phil, what have you thought about the build? Who do you think wins? Uh, yeah, this is basically the battle of who can go and take a vacation and get some rest first. Um, <laughs> neither of these guys can find a way to get away from this belt and actually have a vacation that they deserve. Um, Mox has been telling us he was going to go on a vacation for about a year now. It just has not happened. Um, I to throw out a Marvel reference instead of Loki. This very much feels like um, <laughs> this very much feels like Infinity War, where Thanos uses the Time Stone to reverse Vision getting killed the first time and then just kill him again. Um, because I very much feel like Orange Cassidy is losing this match, and <laughs> I feel like it's it's leading to him getting beaten pretty brutally again. Um, he might show a little bit more guile and everything this time around, but just based off of the reaction this week on Dynamite of Moxley just shrugging off an orange punch. It feels like um, he's coming back Terminator style to just eat everything this guy throws at him and just take the belt back and probably head to Wrestle Kingdom with that belt around his shoulder. Um, so, uh, again, I, I like parts of the build here just because Mox is very good. He's one of the best in yeah. the company at promoting a match. He's one of the best at, you know, giving very focused promos. Um, and I think he's been amazing every time they called on him to do it both of these guys have been amazing 
every time they've put anything on their shoulders. Um, so I know the match is going to deliver, and most of the television stuff is delivered. Like you guys said, it's just unfortunate that we didn't get to see what would have happened if Grand Slam didn't happen and Mox didn't yep. get injured there. Um, I kind of feel like Mox would have still been champion up to this point anyway, and that's kind of why I feel like this is just a course correction match, just to put the belt back on them. Yeah, unfortunately, I kind of have to agree with Phil here because I really want to pick Orange Cassidy again. I picked him before All Out because I felt like that would have been kind of like the cornerstone for his first reign in beating a former AEW world champion and the build with his promos that he was doing in the build up to that matchup. But and I feel like he could get that still here in this matchup, like Joe is saying. But it's just something about me that just like, no, this is this is this is this is low key trying to fix uh uh the the, the orbital loom. He's trying to fix the orbital loom. He's gonna put it all back together, and John Moxley is gonna be the AEW International Championship, and the timeline will be fixed. the The sacred timeline will go on. I guess so. <laughs> That's how it is. Next, we got AEW Women's World Championship. Hikaru Shida in her third reign will make her a defense here in Los Angeles for the Hollywood homecoming of timeless Tony Storm. It was back at the 200th episode of AEW Dynamite in August that Sheeta defeated Storm to win the AEW Women's World Championship for the second time. Sheeta went on to lose the title to Soraya in Wembley Stadium in a four-way matchup at All In. Uh, Soraya defended the title against Tony Storm at Grand Slam and beat her, but then she lost to Sheeta who Sheeta got her third reign, becoming the first ever three-time women's champion. Meanwhile, Tony Storm has been going through a character evolution and has become a 1920 starlet who has changed AEW forever because when she's around, it's black and white. When she's not around, we got color. Timeless Tony Storm seems like the hottest female star in AEW, but Sheeta is kind of been the workhorse, the ace of the division. Phil, who do you think wins at full gear? Um, as as much as I want to say Sheeta's gonna win this as a big Sheeta fan, I think Tony's gonna win. It's L.A. Um, and then they just added Mariah May to the mix. I think Mariah's gonna help her win. And unfortunately, I just feel like Sheeta kind of got screwed over by the booking for All In because she should have never lost the belt. I think if she wouldn't have lost at All In, she would have had a nice decent size run from that time from the episode 200 on to full gear um that detour of putting the belt in Soraya just wasn't worth it i mean i think that like the pop and everything you got out of it was cool but i just think in terms of you know what now you got two like short kind of forgettable runs for sheeta in there kind of did her a little bit of a disservice um and i mean she's had great matches in that time she's proven that she is the ace of the division, that she can be a workhorse, but I just wish they hadn't have done that. Uh, I I've come up with this theory, and I'll 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 say I'll tell y'all, and y'all can tell me. I I think that this the original plan was that Sheeta was going to be the first ever two time women's champion, and I think that Tony Khan. I've said it once. I say it before. He doesn't know how to pivot. So he wanted his plan was two things for the women's championship. 
before Jamie Hader gets injured. Because this is where the timeline gets messed up. Timeline gets messed up when, when Jamie Hader gets injured. He had two things in mind. Soraya wins at Wembley Stadium. Sheeta becomes the first ever two-time women's champion. But because Hader got injured and she already was in a feud with Storm, that was the match they wanted to do. He had Storm beat uh, Hader at double or nothing. She became the first ever two-time champion. So he was like, oh, man, now I have to make Sheeta the first ever three-time champion. <laughs> so let me have her beat Storm. Then she can drop the title to Soraya. Then she can become the first ever three-time women's champion. Here we are. I think that was his original plan. I, now we're here. I don't. I don't. I think you're giving him a little bit more credit on what his plan for those accolades were, because I don't think he had one. I think that, I think that the plan at one point was to put the belt on Sheeta. Um, you had two points where you could have done it. You could have did it at the, the episode 200, or you could have just did it at all in. Um, and so I think that they, for whatever reason, jumped the gun and put the belt on her at 200, and then it seemed like. All right, we we can go in and still do this all in, do the four way, give her a big win, and then it was like, wait a minute, what about Soraya? Mercedes yeah. is in the card and is, is in the crowd. We got all this other stuff. Let's just put the belt on Soraya. What's wrong with that? And I, then I you think, did it, Soraya and it was just was like, a, why did we do this? I think Soraya was a plan all I, along. I don't. What did it do? Uh, I yeah, I, I I don't. I think the Soraya thing was very last minute. It so? certainly sounded that way, yeah. yeah. I think it was very, very last minute. Very, very. Based based on everything, like from that weekend, like it, like you had no inclination that they were going to put that. They weren't building Soraya up. She had no wins going into that yeah. match that that led you to believe she could win that match. It felt very much, um, it felt very much like slapdash booking at that at that point. And then after you did it. You had to figure out a way how to get out of it, and that's why I was like, "All right, well, let's just put the belt back on on Sheeta." But the problem now is Tony is hot again, so now what do we do? Um, like I said, unfortunate for Sheeta. I think that she's had good runs. I think she's had great matches, but I think the way they've booked these last two runs, particularly the Soraya stuff, has just really done her a disservice. That is true. Uh, I am going to agree with you, though. I'm going to go with Timeless Tony Storm. I think she's been amazing in this character, and I do see Mariah May somehow, some way, getting involved in this finish to help her get the win. Joe, what have you thought about all this women's title stuff that's been going on over the last couple of months and uh, the Timeless Tony Storm character, and who, who do you think wins? Yeah, it's, it's tough. It's It really does feel like she is kind of a victim of circumstance here, right? Like, it's just... The way things have worked out because it feels like you have to put the belt on tony uh which is brutal for sheeta but it's just she's like actually got momentum is connecting and getting over and you kind of have to go with it um tony has been a good pro wrestler for years but this is the most like her character is connected ever right and it's mm -hmm. like some of it's a little loud for me but it really works right like it really works even the stuff that i kind of roll my eyes at people love it yeah and that's more important than what fucking joe holbert thinks so um <laughs> really happy for tony that she's found that that character and i think it should be a big moment her winning i think if this doesn't feel like a big moment her winning this belt in la then like that doesn't bode well because let's be real for all of the faults of women's division and there's been many they have definitely promoted a lot put a lot of time into tony right like this last leg they've tried and so it should feel like a big deal the only thing i would say if you're a sheeta fan mariah may like, like actually costing tony the match i think is a, an outside there's an outside chance you know i'm picking tony but with the story they're telling with mariah i could see something happening where she actually 
maybe even inadvertently cost Tony the match. So I think that's an outside kind of dark horse pick, but uh, it feels like Tony has to win. She's all the TV time is going to her. She has all the momentum. She's getting over. She probably needs to get this belt back. Yeah. Probably the most TV time they've given to a woman since like Dr. Britt right. Baker. It's, yeah, it really yeah. feels like that. If you her. look at like the promotional material too, like she's all over it. You know, it's pretty yeah. clear. Tony Khan loves the character. So yeah, it's, it's pretty yeah. clear that Tony likes Tony Storm in general. I would, right. I would argue that she is the best women signing to come from WWE. I mean, yeah. uh, I mean, Athena has an argument as well, but I think in terms of like the length of her time there, I think Tony Storm has been more consistent. Right. Um, yeah. And so I, you get the feeling that he, this is exactly what he wanted for for a click character stuff to click. And I think the cool thing about it is um, not just that it's working, and like you said, that Tony hasn't had a character that's worked as well. It's that you can see like the communal process to get this to work. You can see mm -hmm. how much RJ is putting into it. Um, somehow slide Luther in there. Luther has a managed Jericho to, friend <laughs> managed to slide Luther in there, and it somehow works. And I mean, even using this as a way to debut Mariah, it just feels like all of this stuff is coming together at the right time. Jericho's Ed Leslie, Luther. <laughs> yeah, his, his, uh, his, his Brutus. <laughs> exactly. Uh, we got uh, what I think has probably been the best build heading into AEW full gear. It is Hangman Adam Page versus Swerve Strickland 2. It was at AEW Wrestle Dream that Swerve Strickland picked up the biggest win of his AEW career in his hometown of Seattle, Washington, getting the win over Hangman Adam Page. But then Hangman got a little bit of revenge, costing Swerve a matchup against Brian Danielson to determine the number one contender for the TNT Championship, which led to Swerve getting a little vengeance of his own and invading the home, <laughs> invading the home of Hangman Adam Page and talking to his young child and almost committing uh suffocating the child by throwing a shirt into the crib i i know this because i have kids that could have suffocated that young child hangman adam page got his revenge by attacking swerve two weeks ago delivering the dead eye off the ramp through a table and then tried to murder him on the mic this week on on dynamite in one of his best promos where he talked about swerves uh wife leaving him talked about his kids not wanting to call him uh talked about his dumb ass got fired and how prince nana is making a living off of him and then buying weed from a high school kid in the parking lot and then he said he's gonna beat swerves ass then beat nana's ass and steal his weed yes i heard a wrestler say he's gonna steal a manager's weed one of the greatest promos I ever listened to. Uh, Hangman Adam Page, Swerve 2. They had a, a great matchup. Um, um, in a lot of people's minds, an AEW Match of the Year candidate at Wrestle Dream. Phil, who do you think wins here? What have you thought about the build to this rematch? Um, I think the build has been tremendous. You're right. It's the best build going into the show. This is the best feud in the entire company at the moment. Um, and I mean... I know for a lot of people, Christian is the best heel in the company, but I would I would suggest that Swerve is right there behind him. It's like really close second, um, and all of this stuff is so funny. I I've I've been thinking going into this, they've got to give the fans more reason to cheer for Adam Page because Swerve is looking so good coming out of not just the bill for the first match, but the first match as well because he won it. And they've done such a great job of coming back around the hangman and reminding us, you know, why he's such a great 
um, fiery baby face. But I will say, this was very much a Battle rap S promo where it was hot and we all loved it. But there were a lot of lies in there, buddy. There were some lies in there. And there was some <laughs> stuff in there I was just like, you know, hey, man, that, 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 uh, I'm, I'm not really rolling with you, man. Like when he was like, um, yeah, man. And your manager's just outside trying to trying to score some weed. I'm like, hey man, this sounds dank. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, this sounds cool yeah, to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he don't he don't he don't always get it from high school kids. Sometimes he get it from Cassidy Hayes. But um, no, um, yeah, so, this sounds dank. I don't know. What's the problem with that? What's wrong with him trying to get some weed? Then on top of that, he said he told us, man, you're just as dumb for getting fired. Like, no, that company he did not lose his job over him over there, man. They lost him. They wasted his time, buddy. And he is in a better place right now than he was over there. This has benefited him tremendously leaving that company. Don't let anybody tell you any different. And even other stuff, I'm just like, yeah, man, why why are you bringing his kids into this, man? What what that got to do with it? He brought these kids into it. He talked to his child. He talked to his child, you know? He didn't have to do all that. Yeah, but, you know. I just, you know, it was certain stuff in there. I was like, all right, Adam. But great promo, of course. I'm joking. Um, as as a Swerve fan. But I do think Swerve is going to win here. I think that he's going to... I think he's surprisingly going to 2-0. Uh, hey, man. I don't think that people are expecting that. And I think that's what's going to make it uh, a surprisingly good win. And I know all of us kind of expect Joe to be the guy. But I really think it should be Swerve. I think Swerve should be the guy that beats Max. I don't think that's going to happen. But based off of the stuff in this feud it makes the most sense for it to be him he's the like i said he's the second best heel in the company and if you're going to tell me that max is the best baby face in the company right now he should be beaten by the guy that has the most momentum as a heel and right now that's swerve yeah i 100 percent agree with you i've been i've been saying it for weeks that swerve is the guy that should end this long reign if you're gonna have this long reign it's all about making the next guy and swerve seems like the next guy despite all of that i agree with everything you said about it being the best build up to uh this pay-per-view i would argue it's one of the best aew feuds this year swerve and a hangman because it elevated both guys tremendously we know this match is going to deliver especially with the texas death match stipulation which we've seen hangman adam page always deliver in this stipulation even against john moxley earlier this year I'm going to go with Hangman here only because of, man, this man broke into his house, man. He got, he got to guess, he got to get something. After that promo, though, on Dynamite, I did, it is like, I'm not confident at all in picking Hangman Adam Page. It really is a toss up on who would win here. Joe, what have you thought about the build, this feud, and who do you think wins? Yeah, I co sign the praise. Uh, it's the best thing on their show and it has been for a while. And even like, you know, the house invasion thing, that's always difficult to do because it is like inherently ridiculous. <laughs> but Swerve played it straight and like he really swings the fences as a character. You know, I, I recommend anyone who's a Swerve fan to listen to the podcast he did with Christian Cage because it's very obvious that while they're doing a podcast, he's just actively picking Christian's brain. And that you can see that on the TV, right? That's a very obvious overlay. You mentioned both those guys, but it was like the top heels. So um, he's killing it. And look, Hangman, this is the Hangman we need in the ball game at all times, right? Yes. Like, it's very, the issue of Hangman is never his performance. He's always a great promo and a great pro wrestler. It's like, he just comes and goes sometimes. Well, he's not yeah. around. When he's present, he's tremendous. So they've killed it. I think this, the feud has elevated both guys. It's shined a lot on both guys. I think Hangman gets the win. 
Um, the real question is, is this the last match? Um, is it going to be a two-match series or are they going to do a rubber match uh, down the line? I'm not sure. I'm going to assume this is going to be it for now in the Texas Death Match. Um, and I think Hangman wins. Swerve is... I mean, even if it isn't from Max, because I don't think it will be, but Swerve has to get the belt in like 2024, right? That feels like yeah. saying that yeah. you have to circle. So um, I think if you look at this as his first real main event singles feud, to say that he's delivered would be like an understatement, right? Like he's maximized and then some. It's the most interesting match on the show to me by like a distance. I'm into it, definitely. 100% agree with you. They added to the build last night at a uh, wrestling revolver unreal mm -hmm. with uh, hangman attacking swerve out of nowhere, a big brawl. We got people in the chat says they think the third match is in the continental classic. I think they wait. I think they wait till swerve is the champion. And then hangman is one of his like pay-per-view challengers next year. I think yeah. that's, that's what they do there. And like I said, I think it's in like my top five for AEW feud of the year. What would it rank for you, Phil, as far as AEW pay-per-views? Because I wanted to mention with Hangman, despite him kind of like not always being in the forefront, I would say he's been a part of like three of the top five, yeah. top six AEW pay-per-views. I mean, a fuse this year with yeah. his Moxley feud, the BCC and Elite, and this one. Yeah. I think it's definitely one of the top feuds of the year, um, not just in AEW, in any company. I think it's one of the top feuds in wrestling this year. Um, and I just continue to echo, man, if he's not beating Max this year, I feel like you've got to give him something. I almost feel like it would make total sense for him to be the guy that wins the first Continental Classic as, as well. Yeah, I just feel like you've got to give him some big win to let the fans know, like, you're not making him champion now, but... We're putting attack in it. We're coming back to that. Um, and even the way he lost to, to Brian, again, it would make so much sense to revisit that in the Continental Classic and have him win this time around with no interference and win the entire tournament. Give me Swerve versus Kenny in the finals. I'd be down, I'd be down for that. Get, Listen, get his win back in the block and then versus Kenny in the finals. Listen, I have been campaigning for Swerve versus Osprey for three years. Swerve was on our on our podcast, and I I mentioned the 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 dance off that they had to lean to lean in to get him to say on the podcast that he wanted this match. He didn't fall for it because he's a pro. But I said that's all right. I'm going to continue to campaign for this on your behalf. I want this match to happen. <laughs> We need to see it happen. We need, if, especially if Osprey's going to be the signing and then he's going to be in the Continental Classic. Let's get it done. Let's Book the match, done. bro. Come on. Book it. Book it. But yes, let us know uh, what you think. Where does Hangman and Swerve rank as far as the best AEW pay per views? I mean, uh, excuse me, I keep saying pay per views, feuds of 2023. And we will talk about the final matchup here. We've been talking about it a bit throughout the preview here. Maxwell, Jacob Freeman, MJF defending the AEW World Championship against Switchblade Jay White. It was Jay White who stepped up to MJF a little over two months ago uh, to basically uh, make himself the next challenger. 
but he was attacked by the devil and his attackers, which Jay White has been firmly in the in the argument that that is Max, and he attacked MJF following this and stole the Triple B, the uh, AEW World Championship, renaming it into the Bang Bang Belt, and has been playing mind games with MJF ever since. MJF has had to get new friends and the acclaim and Billy Gunn, but still could not beat Bully Club Gold with Jay White pinning MJF in an eight-man tag. All the while, the specter of Samoa Joe, the devil, Warlow, and everyone else gutting for the world championship have been surrounding MJF and Jay White this entire time. So final thoughts on the build to this matchup, but I don't even need to ask y'all who y'all think is going to win. Joe? <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the issue, right, as we kind of got into earlier. Um, man, I just feel like they've really – they've got so close to this one, they could they really would have benefited from taking a half step back and considering what they're doing because there are so many different elements to this story with the devil, with Joe, with the stealing of the belt – when honestly you have two guys who can wrestle and promo and it could have been a, it could have been the simplest thing ever you know yeah. like yeah. these two dudes just talking shit and let's be real there is a very obvious like undercurrent of both guys kind of think the other one's a fraud if we're being honest about it you can tell the content is not hard to see through you know jay's talking about google trends and as you know it was max about google trends and jay's like yeah you sure look those up a lot um so it just needed to be shit talk, man. That's all it needed to be. And instead, yes. it's kind of about everything else. And Joe is like such a big part of the story in terms of Max's story that we all are very much, you know, it's, it's obvious that he's moving on to that. So it's a shame. And the devil thing kind of hangs over it too. So it's just, it's one of those deals where I think sometimes weekly TV and trying to produce weekly TV that's like, you know, entertaining and cliffhangers and stuff like that, I almost think hinders the actual point of this, which is selling matches. So... Yeah. I hate to be that negative, but it's just, it's more, it's where I'm at on it. Um, as for the match, look, we all, you know, I mean, for all of Max's ups and downs, the champ on the, you know, in terms of the character side of things, he has hardly missed inside the ropes, right? I mean, this match yeah. is going to be great. So yeah. the match will be tremendous. My one hope is I hope they don't, you know, have all of those things I just mentioned spilling to the match, Yeah, which feels like it could happen. And that's, that concerns me. Um, hoping for a, a mostly straightforward wrestling match. I think it'll be great. Max is going to win. But again, there is a real chance this becomes about everything but Jay White trying to win the belt. And that concerns me. So I'm pretty cautious about this one, which I is a shame because if you'd have told me six months ago, Jay White's going to do a title program of MJF, I'd be like, that sounds box office, right? That sounds huge. Yeah. And now it's and like, well, you know, the Samoa Joe thing. <laughs> it's like, what? <laughs> and and like like Phil said, it felt box office for the first couple of weeks, and then yeah. it just got got kind of mixed up in all this mishmash and other distractions. I feel like MJF found himself in the CM Punk collision paradox of when CM Punk was trying to build so many different feuds yep. that he forgot to build Samoa Joe at Wembley Stadium. Yes, um, so like, 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 like this what this feels like. This feels like the Samoa Joe CM Punk build up all over again. Phil, what have you thought about this build up here? Man. If you would have told me that we would be in this place that um, I was the most, the least excited about this this build getting into this pay per view after that first promo because the first promo was great, um, I I loved it. It I, it was it was a little bit too long, but I loved everything about it. Um, 
the funny thing about all of this is um, we all heard the rumors at one point that Jay White was heading to WWE. And I was just like, I don't even know what that looks like. I don't know what Jay White and WWE looks like. This feud has firmly showed me what Jay White and WWE <laughs> look like. Um, and, and all the way to, to all the way to the, all of the Max stuff, Max using all of the very like um, um, call and response stuff with the crowd, calling them tofu. That is very WWE-esque. Um, the booking for this of having the baby face um, overcome the entire stable and beat every member of it. Very WWE-esque. <laughs> um, um, and I mean, even just like the loss of direction in here where it just stopped being just like straightforward promos. It had to be like all the shenanigans and all these other twists and turns that didn't really need to be there. Yeah, buddy. Firmly answered that question for me of what, what Jay White would look like in WWE. And I mean, that isn't necessarily a bad thing, but I just think that that has hindered this program a lot because when they have just focused on their feud They've had good stuff here because I do get this 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 um thing here from Max where he's built up for the longest that he does not respect New Japan. So of course he wouldn't respect Jay White. If you're considered the top guy to that company, he would not respect you because that's been a long standing bit with him that he does not like New Japan. Uh and so the but the other part about that is Jay White has come into this company. Uh, with with a feud in mind with a very specific person seemed like they were building toward that from all in on with with a newly reunited elite four guys up against another four guy group and the guy that he had the most history with is Kenny Omega even in that first promo he made the point of saying hey man great champion but you're not elite <laughs> and so it, there was cool things that I thought that they could have got out of this but in the background it just also shows that like you said they don't pivot the best and I feel like all of this is a result of Adam Cole getting hurt and them trying to figure out where to go with this feud going into the end of the year where do they go with Max who is the guy that's going to beat him by the end of the year and man some of this stuff works like I think the devil stuff works on its own I think some of the Jay White stuff works on its own, but when you and even the Joe stuff works on its mm -hmm. own, but when you have all of these things happening at the same time, it's hard to really give any of them the focus that they deserve. And I feel like that's kind of also hampered this feud. But at the same time, like I said, there are brilliant things. When when Jay White came out and cut that promo last week, and he was like, "Look, enough, man. Stop lying to me. You are the bad guy. You." are the villain i don't know why you keep trying to tell us any otherwise it's such a great like almost on the nose metaphor for where max is as a character that yeah why do we trust this guy he's told us he's shown us in every instance that we cannot trust him so of course jy would be like why am i am i crazy he's like frank grimes he's like no i'm what do you mean he's not the bad guy of course he's the bad guy what do you mean he's not the devil we've seen him wear that mask in the entrance to every pay-per-view this year <laughs> yes he is he's the bad guy here guys i am not the bad guy here <laughs> i love it I love, I love, I love Jay White. Uh, that whole promo. You're the villain. I love it with his accent, especially how he said it. You're the villain. And, and everything he's, everything he says in that promo has has some truth to it. And it yeah. all is a very like visual way to play into the quote of you know, what is the greatest trick the villain, the devil ever played, and and that's 
fooling us into believing that he doesn't exist. So it does get us as fans to question, what is Max motives? Is he really a good guy? And the answer is kind of in the middle. Like he kind of is a good guy for now, but he kind of isn't. Um, mm-hmm. And so all, like I said, all of that stuff is interesting. I wish they would have just made that the main focus. <laughs> I, I totally 100% agree with you. Like the whole premise of the first promo was Max has finally met his match. He's yeah. he's met his equivalent that's been in Japan this whole time that is now in AEW that is doing all the tricks that he would do against them. And then they had to add the devil thing and they had to yeah. add some of the, the Roddy and the Adam Cole stuff because that's going to be a thing. Yeah, Samoa Joe is now in this. Bullet Club, the gold and the Dynamite Diamond Ring. They tried and the quarters thing and that don't, didn't work. And don't don't forget that. the acclaim. The acclaim is also the acclaim, in there. So. The acclaim oh. is in here. And then Warlow is in here. <laughs> then we had to do the, the title, uh, longest title reign thing with MJF yes. and Kenny Omega on a random yeah. episode of Collision during this buildup. Like, it's yeah. just like. It's just too much man it feels like they put like three months of booking and builds into like one month and it's just too much to it's just too much at once man and like i said that's not to say any of the jay white stuff in itself is bad i personally think the uh stealing the belt thing is it it just rarely works and it's going on for way too long i mean every example you think you can think of recently is someone stealing the belt like we just had this with evil and it was just not good same thing the one of the most famous ones that you could think of recently gender mall it just doesn't it just doesn't work long term like if you're going to do it for a week and then the champion gets their belt back fine but he's had the belt for almost too much man (laughs) (laughs) for almost too much man it just doesn't make sense man and so I yeah, I think this match is gonna be very good because Joe said, um, you know, Max don't miss his champion, man. His title yeah. defenses have all been good. Um, I mean, Garcia match is probably the weakest one if I had to think of, but Agree, yeah. most of age. yeah, most of the title matches have been good, and so I have no doubt that this match is going to be very good. Um, and there's probably gonna be some story stuff by the end of it that keeps us excited for whatever the match is going to be for Weldon. Um, I just wish the road here was a little less bumpy. <laughs> yeah, that's all I, that's all I wish it was. And this is going to be a real test for Max. Cause he's going to, he's now the, the top baby face and he's versing like a prototypical, like top heel that he can have like a 30 minute match with. Because he's only first really Joe that's a, a bona fide heel as a baby mm-hmm. face in a high profile match. And that's more of like the monster heel where he just has to sell. This is right. kind of going to be like more of the give and take that he had with Omega. But now he's versing a bona fide heel in that position. So it's a real test for him. Obviously, I got MJF winning. And I, I agree. It's just It was just too much stuff thrown into here. That's what messed up the build of two guys that should have not should have just had a great build to this show by just talking and having great matches but here we are but that brings us to an end for our AEW Full Gear 2023 preview that was a lot of fun i had so much fun talking to the both of you want to thank phil first for joining us phil let the people know where they can follow you on social media and where they can jump over to because i know you're about to be going live pretty soon here yeah, you can uh, find my work at Bleacher Report. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at PhilDL616. Um, and, you know, you can watch Grapsily usually on Saturdays at noon on Fightful's YouTube channel. Um, but today you can watch it in less than a half an hour um, because Reg will be traveling and I've got other stuff going on this weekend. So 
we're giving you a special Friday edition of Grapsity at 2 p.m. Eastern. Hey, there we go. There we go. So check that out. Jump over there. Joe, you'll be going live as well. You guys are all busy no here. Sleep. So let the people know where they can jump on over, where they can follow you, sir. Well, I will also be live in around half an hour. You feel free to watch Phil first and then circle back to the rest of your... I don't want to just actively like, no, watch this one. No, watch Phil and then we'll be there you know, on demand afterwards. You may still be on for one. I don't know. So... Uh, WrestlePurious, latenightgrin.com is kind of my own bullshit. And Joe Holbert on the Twitter or the X or whatever the hell we're calling it now, if you want to read about, uh, I don't know, what do I tweet about now, fellas? You guys follow me. I don't know. There's like movie stuff sometimes. Yeah. I'm over like there that. anyway. Yeah. Watch <laughs> Phil's show. It's good. <laughs> good plug right there. You can follow me on the Twitter machine at TrueHillSP3. I'll be back here live tomorrow at 11.05 a.m. Eastern Time. True Hill Heat flagship podcast, True Hill Heat 251 with me and Chrissy Love talking this week in wrestling, talking a little bit about Full Gear. Who is the devil? And I wanted to ask that to round this off. Final predictions. Do we see who the devil is and who is it, Phil? Uh, I think they're going to string it along for, until probably World's End. We probably won't get a reveal until December um, because I believe that Max is going to lose the belt at World's End. Um, but I, we might get like a devil appearance here, but I don't think we're going to get a reveal. And as for the reveal, I think it's pretty obviously Cole. Like I think like yeah. all of the clues point to him, like all of them, like very on the nose clues point to him. Like anybody that thinks it's somebody else at this point, you're, you're, you're setting your expectations up to be disappointed, buddy. I've seen people say it has to be CM Punk. It has to be CM Punk. Seeing people say it's Jack Perry or David Finley. I was like, y'all just want just to be a letdown, don't y'all? Uh, Joe, what about you? Do you see, think we see who the devil is on Saturday? And who do you think it is? Well, I'm pretty sure it's Bob Holly, but um, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got. He's How do you Cole, like me now? I, Indeed, it's Adam Cole. I'm I'm pretty certain. And I I agree with. You. I think World's End, and it will probably be why Max loses the belt to, to I presume Samoa Joe. That's that's my guess. Um, I think if honestly, while the Cole thing is predictable, I think if you go outside of that, like it's, it could be one of those deals where you're doing a shock that's not actually going to be good for the show. You know, like Jack Perry may surprise people, but is that really the role to bring Jack Perry back in? I do not yeah. think so. So um, I think it's Cole, but I don't think we're going to see it. We may see the devil, but as Phil said, but I don't think it's going to be revealed this weekend. We shall see. We'll talk more about that tomorrow on True Hill Heat. Want to thank Phil and Joe. Thank all of you. Remember to drop the thumbs up on the video. Comment down below and give us your predictions for AEW Full Gear. But until next time, this has been our AEW Full Gear 2023 preview. We are signing off until next time.